welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, today I'm talking with Sky Rapson of Unconventional Organization, a New Zealand-based coaching group that specializes in online coaching. They focus on providing research-backed and strength-based ADHD support to help you get unstuck in your life. In our conversation, we cover a lot of different areas, including one that I've been really interested in recently, systems. We get into what systems are and how important it is to tailor these systems to our own ADHD and then how we can implement them. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash unconventional org. That's unconventional O-R-G. All right, keep on listening to find out some unconventional ways you can organize your life. All right. And yeah, can you tell me a little bit about unconventional organization and what goes on? Yeah, no worries. So we started in 2020 um, and we provide ADHD support um, for adults with ADHD. Um, specifically, we provide uh, online coaching services and we also have a really strong research focus. So we have a lot of um, research articles on the website that have practical skills that you can use. And we include that as part of our training for the coaching as well. Awesome. Yeah, I just love the name because it resonates so well with me that neurotypical ways of organizing typically don't work for me. No, no. And that's so much what we get people coming and saying, okay, I've tried everything. I'll give you guys a go, but I just want you to know that we're like, you haven't tried the unconventional way yet. So let's do that. What are some of the unconventional approaches that you found really helpful for people? So a lot of it is is kind of setting up systems that are flexible, that consider time blindness, working memory, and dopamine, and transition times. So those kind of things. So everything we do is, is set up in that way. And then also testing it. So we do experiment, what we call experimentation phase, rather than saying, okay, here's your routine, go on and do it. If it doesn't work, well, I'm sorry, I guess it doesn't work. It's always like, okay, it worked 50%. That's great. What are all the obstacles? What are all the points of resistance? How do we adjust those for you? Because often it's it's having that bad day when it didn't work that will help us to understand what actually you need in say a morning routine, for example. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such a key too, because so much of ADHD plays into perfectionism where we're like, Oh, I'm going to come up with a routine and it's going to be the perfect routine, but I'm not going to implement it till it's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, there's no perfect routine and it's just setting us ourselves up for failure that way. Yeah. Um, and so starting off with the theory of like, hey, we're, this is going to be an iterative process, I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, one of the things we say is bring your worst self to coaching <laughs> because, you know, it's okay if one day you came and you were super motivated and you were like, I'm going to do all these things. And then you come back next week and you're like, okay, like some, I got sick and this happened and that happened. And I yeah, didn't do these things because somewhere in the middle of those two things is the system that will work for you most of the time. Yeah. I love that too, because too much is just being like, 
hey, this is what works when I'm on and feeling great. And then Mm -hmm. that doesn't work when I'm not. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. We talk about um, squishy and stretchy routines. So having a routine and then thinking about it as something that you can squish down into its most important parts. If you need to be able to, you know, just run out the door in 30 minutes or you want to transition between meetings of just five minutes of time um, and then stretchy routines. If you're on holiday, if it's the weekend, you don't want to kind of have nothing as part of you just want but you want to be able to relax you know have a coffee in the sun all that kind of thing so we incorporate that into any routines we build with you sounds great too yeah because we do have this variable day schedule where it's like yeah on weekends i don't want as much structure but i still need if i do zero planning or try to Mm -hmm. follow no routines that's not a very relaxing weekend either yeah. Yeah. We, we sometimes need structure. I've had a lot of clients who are like, I'm going away, but I still want to talk to you every couple of weeks because I don't want to just lose all structure. And, and I want, I do have things I want to do. Yeah. I always find my weekends that where I have done zero planning. I'm just like, they're miserable. Cause I'm like, my kids want to do things, but we don't have anything planned. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. trying to come up with ad hoc plans never works quite as well as we want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, there is there is a place in time we talk about having those chasing the butterfly days when you just, especially if you're struggling with burnout, which is so common with ADHD, with working and, and feeling burned out or, you know, feeling like you might be on that track, having a day where you just chase the butterfly and just do whatever you want um, without any anything. But it is also good to know that you have that sort of that sort of framework to come back to of the system that you've developed and tested um, and you, and it's yours because a lot of the time with these systems that we develop, the conventional systems are given to us by other people who don't know how our brains work. And we're kind of trying to fit ourselves into that system and failing and feeling bad about that versus having something that feels like we made it, we own it. It works for us, not to kind of shame us essentially. Totally see that. And systems is something I've been thinking about a lot recently and how important they are for us so that we don't fall into the trap of being like, I just need to do this one time. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, like I don't need to wash my dishes one time or mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's, I need to build a system so that I'm doing that regularly so that I'm mm-hmm. not getting to that place where I think, oh my God, there's so many dishes I need to do. Yeah. It's, it's an all day task now, which it never yeah. is, but feels like it could be. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, there is something to be said for, for that kind of, yeah. you never want to reinvent the wheel. So you're always looking for kind of what can I do that I've done before that worked, but it's funny you should mention the dishes because that can definitely feel like, you know, overwhelming. And it's, it's always an interesting one with people. Sometimes people want to do things in like 10 minutes Sometimes people want to let something build up to a certain point and then do it within like a longer period of time. With ADHD, we do struggle with those transition times. So sometimes a two-minute job isn't a two-minute job. And so it's good to build it up to a bigger job. Um, this can happen with like projects for work, for example, whether you you do it in like 10-minute increments or 30-minute increments or whether you kind of take a morning and do it all together so that you don't have to transition between different things. Yeah. I like doing that with uh, batching my email because mm. if I just try to answer one email, I'm like, 
going to get distracted while doing it or something. But if I like create like, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes answering all these emails, then Mm -hmm. I actually get through all my email rather than just being like, Oh, it's going to build up. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I like doing it with writing the articles because I sort of get into a zone where my working memory feels like it's easier to access and I don't want to lose that between sessions. Yeah. You were telling me that you do have a lot of focus on the workplace and how to create routines and like supporting those routines. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could uh, speak on that a little bit more. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, So basically one of the things that we do is we really help people with setting up their systems when they're at work or when they might be a teacher or they might um, be a student who also works. Um, For example, having those kind of systems where you have these expectations, especially now, they look so different from what we used to do. You used to go into the office um, most of the time and you'd be there sort of body doubling with people to get things done. And now that's, that's a lot of that's changed or or lost. And for some people that can be good in some ways, but bad in other ways, they have more time to focus on what they want. They don't have to go to the office and do all of that part, but at the same time, they are also um, in a position where they're at home doing these things and trying to create that environment of body doubling without the support. So there is almost like an entire everybody had to change their routines. And so for us, that's a, that's an extra, extra level of struggle. Um, especially if people are moving jobs now as well and, and having to do it all over again. Well, and I found when I was talking to people that a lot of ADHD people had in the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't have problems because they were, you know, running off this extra energy from being, many of us are very good in a crisis, you know, it's mm-hmm. the, the, extra dopamine and there's more going on. And so it feels like, okay, I have to really, it helps our brain focus up. But then as things wore on, then people were like, oh, I don't, I don't have that extra boost anymore. And I don't know how to keep up anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a sense of like, you know, a lot of clients said to me, I sort of stopped expecting things to happen. So there was a lot of like, okay, we're going back to work. Oh no, we're not going back to work. Now we're doing the hybrid model. Now they want us back in. Now they want us back out. And it was just this constant feeling of flux around, you know, every time there was a sense of of security of this is what's happening, it would change again. And that's actually one of the reasons why we focus so much on flexible routines is because change is such a big part of ADHD struggle because you can have a system and then your life changes in some way. And then if you have an inflexible system, it just all has to be thrown out the window and you have to start again. And so you can spend your life building and throwing away systems. Yeah. And I also have seen one of the things that I'll do is I will minimize the change in my mind and be like, I did this before. I should just use the same system again. Mm -hmm. But I have radically different circumstances. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I did this like 10 years ago. I should be able to do the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, but now I have kids and I, you know, completely different lifestyle. I can't just do those same things again. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah, important to acknowledge that systems need to change and that Mm -hmm. they're not going to be the same as they were when you first started them out. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I experienced that this year, as I said to you, having a baby and then suddenly having to change my systems around this very (laughs) big shift that, you know, Mm -hmm. 
it's very hard to understand. You know, it wasn't really something I had. I had an idea of it, but then, yeah, actually realizing just how little time you have um, was was a big factor. And I think as well, you know, for a lot of people, it's it's just a huge. It's just huge the different sort of things that people are handling, and it's not as it's not as similar as it used to be. People mm-hmm. used to have you know, quite a similar way of working. If they were in a certain industry, they worked in a certain way. But now you can you can work from a coffee shop, from home, from a van. You know, there's just so many different ways to do things that um, people are, yeah, there's, there's so many different kinds of routines that we need to build and kinds of systems that it can be hard to find the common threads um, of what those are. And that's why for us, we always come back to, you know, does it include time blindness, transition time, working memory, dopamine, and is it flexible? Because those things are those touchstones for ADHD, regardless of what your actual routine and your actual life looks like. Yeah. Just thinking this through, could you give me an example of how you would take a inflexible like system and try building flexibility into it? Yeah, that's a really good um, question. An inflexible system, a good example of an inflexible system is um, your planning system. So I always talk about, you know, a planning system that's very inflexible as an example is people who have those tiny little diaries, those paper diaries, and they have just enough space for the day. um, And you can still buy them in lots of different places. And you can put like doctor's appointment uh, podcast, um, pick up kids. And it's sort of all you can really fit into that space. Um, and then what happens during your day is you have no idea where those transition times are. You don't know. You can't see the time that it takes to get ready, the time that it takes to do anything. And you can't, you know, if your doctor's appointment gets switched to another day, you have to physically cross out that event and you have to move it to another day. And so your little paper diary suddenly becomes just full of things. And eventually you stop using it altogether because you can't even really see what's happening. Um, And that's an example of something that really is really inflexible. So then how would we build a little bit more flexibility into that planning? So what we would do essentially is we would consider, okay, first of all, how do you want to work? And this is really important when we work with um, ADHD. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I don't care. I don't want to use the computer. And that's fair enough. I love writing things down as well. I have a digital physical journal for that reason. Um, and, um, and so they might say, okay, well, I still want to use the paper system. Then it's, it's uh, going through, okay, well, can we maybe get something that's physically a bit bigger, something that includes the times that you have for the day? Um, we often recommend the planner pad system where at the top you have all the categories of events that are happening. And then um, at the bottom, you have sort of a visual of your day. So at nine, I'm going to do this, 10, I'm going to do this. And then in the middle, you have, okay, these are all the things I want to do, all the tasks. This is the time I have to do it. Then in the middle, um, I'm going to put, okay, this is what I want to do that specific day. And you set that up the day before so you can make changes. Um, And that kind of just allows you a bit more freedom to, to move with what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone's experienced that everyone has stuff come up every day. Like you, like, yeah, I had uh, changes in my schedule today, several times already where I had just, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, that inflexible, like, well, when am I going to do this now? Would, wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
and we like it flexibility with ADHD, you know, often whether we, you know, we like it and we sort of say, yeah, sure. I'll take on this extra project. I can fit this in. I can do this. And so we want to be able to work around that ability. We want to be able to say, yep, that's, that's totally fine. Let's, let's add it here. Let's, let's, you know, move things across the Google calendar is a good system as well for that because you can just drag the task to the very next day or the event to the very next day. Um, I actually do that one all the time. <laughs> and um, and you can include like, okay, recurring routines. I have to get up. I have to get ready. And so I'm blocking that time out. So if someone says you're available at seven on Wednesday, I'm like, not really, because I can see I have an event called, <clears throat> you know, get up and get ready. Yeah. I love having the trend, the idea of having transitions and the regular stuff in your schedule already. Because mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I like, we'll look at my calendar. I'm like, Oh, I'm free today. And then I'm like, but I also have to pick up my kids and I have to do, you know, all these regular yeah. things that my brain's already like filtering in there. But mm-hmm. if I look at the blank day and my brain's like, Oh no, that's free. Yeah, no, definitely. And if you do that as well, there's a sort of duality that people experience where they're like, I don't have as much time as I thought, but now I understand why I'm not getting as much done as I thought in my day. Because if my calendar looks free, if my planning system looks free, then I'm, um, I'm going to be feeling like, okay, well, why didn't I write that big piece of something? Why didn't I get all those podcasts done or that piece of work finished when actually you didn't have that time. You just didn't put your routines into your system. Yeah. When I first started really doing time management stuff and like, okay, what tasks do I want to do today? How long are they going to take? <laughs> when can I fit that into my schedule? I'm like, yeah. where did my time go? I thought <laughs> yeah. I could do 15 things today. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it can be a little bit, you know, like it's, it's okay. Even though you don't have a lot of time. Some people say to me, I oh, like, I don't want to, I don't want to do a planner system because then I'll know how much time I don't have. But in reality, it gives you the dopamine to do those things because you know, now, especially if you combine that with say, thinking about, okay, what are the things I need to do in the next two weeks or something bad will happen, which is the thing we often talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, If you combine that, you subtask those activities, you figure out how long they're going to take, you double that estimated time, and then you put it into your calendar. Now you're feeling like I have to do this today because I have no other time this week and I know it needs to be done in the next two weeks. Yeah. It's very hard to prioritize when you don't have that sense of urgency and sense Mm -hmm. of these, this is the only time I have to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. And it's one of the things we talk about as well is kind of, you know, a lot of people would think, oh, well, that's a lot of planning. (laughs) That's a, and it is, I'm not going to lie. That is a lot of planning more so than neurotypicals. I think that is something that we do have to do often, but it can be nice to consider it almost as a form of self-care and incorporate it into self-care. So one of the things we talk about is like taking yourself out, out to lunch on a Friday if you if you are going to do this um, and and doing your planning then or, you know, having a glass of something on a Sunday afternoon and doing your planning then on the couch in the sun rather than sort of feeling like you have to sit at your desk in like a work environment and do it in that way. You can do it in a more relaxing way. Yeah, definitely a lot there because you're doing the planning to plan, which is hard to accept at first because I'll get to it. No, if you don't, if it's not on your schedule, you won't get to it because we have experience there. (laughs) (laughs) History tells me we'll not do this. Uh, 
And then also, yeah, uh, I love the idea of doing it as self-care, but also being like, hey, if I'm going to have this as self-care. I can also schedule other self-care for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's when you start to really enjoy your planner. Cause you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this on Wednesday. <laughs> um, and you're going to sort of set aside a bit more, like, for example, the dope menu that I know, you know, Eric Tivers and Fisk and Cab, you know, developed that. And we use the dope menu a lot. We really love it. Um, and talking about, okay, well, when are you going to get that dopamine and having that be such an important part of your routine, especially if you are, working a job that has lots of meetings and lots of, you know, boring administrative work and you get to the end of the day, it's like, okay, where are your 10 minutes to like go outside, get something to drink, talk to a colleague, you know, and if you're at home, then where's your, you know, 10 minutes to pet your cat or whatever it is that's going to help you get dopamine throughout the day, which is as important as working because if you don't do one, it can be hard to do the other. Yeah. It's just critical to like being like, Hey, don't only try and do work things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just definitely where I started with planning, where I was like, I remember first seeing the Eisenhower matrix of, you know, mm-hmm. the important and urgent and all those. And I'm mm-hmm. like, my initial reaction was to stick everything that was fun or enjoyable in the not important and not urgent <laughs> and then cut it from my schedule. And yeah. <laughs> not 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 a great strategy there yeah i can imagine you got to like the evening and your brain was sort of like Mm-mm, we're not going to bed we're gonna stay up and get some of that fun yeah a little bit of that bedtime procrastination yeah or even just like in the middle of the day being like well hate this not gonna do this anymore yeah yeah <laughs> no. be like why didn't my schedule work probably because i made a terrible schedule <laughs> <laughs> totally definitely and you know that's one of the things often we talk about you know, if we've developed a system with someone, we'll say, what are the obstacles to that? And people will say, me, I just don't want to do it. And I'll be like, great. I'm so glad you told me that. Like, let's add more dopamine. Let's add more transitions and things like that. Because it's important to be honest with yourself about whether you actually want to do what you're doing. And I think this is one of the great reasons to work with a coach for these things is because it's hard to see that for yourself. Uh As Uh you're just like, instead of being like, I'm making a bad schedule, I would be like, I'm just a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. That's rarely the answer. Uh, Yeah. Having that third party to be like, Hey, maybe you should try, try some other strategies here. Yeah, no, definitely. And also I think like for us, we have ADHD as well. And that kind of helps because it's like, we get it. Like we have had these experiences as well. And yeah, you're not, you're not a bad person. Although it can feel like that if you've constantly come up against systems that are not made for you. You know, you it's sort of like if you had needed glasses and you were given glasses, but they kind of worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone else was like, why can't you see with 2020 vision? We got glasses and we have 2020 vision now. Why do you not have 2020 vision? And just feeling like, oh, I guess, I don't know, like maybe my eyes were just this and that, you know, when in reality it's like, oh well, these glasses just weren't your glasses. You needed to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this was, uh, reminded me of a conversation I had with my wife last night about the executive dysfunction, where sometimes for like the lunch was what we were talking about. I need something a little bit easier to prepare for lunch. And the neurotypical reaction might be instead of having like one of those sipper soups, you could just get a big can of soup and, you know, prepare, you know, have a bunch of servings throughout the week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, but with my executive dysfunction, 
I just won't eat lunch. Yes. And <laughs> like, that seems like, well, why would you just not eat lunch? You need to eat lunch. I'm like, yeah. Yes, but I just won't because that's yeah. how my brain works. And so I need to do the thing that will actually work with my brain. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And actually that's a good part of what we talk about a lot with the squishy routines is like, okay, you can't have lunch today. So instead, what are you going to do? Are you going to grab like a snack that you have? Like, do you want to buy some of those to make sure you have them on hand? Do you want to put them in your office so that you can grab them if you need to, but maybe not where you're going to grab them all the time. And then, so there's a kind of a, the sort of nitty gritty conversations that we do have with people. Yeah. It was hilarious when I realized I needed to schedule a lunch. Cause I was like, nah, I'll just remember <laughs> again, history has shown not true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've recently had to to put that in as a, as a blocked out time because <laughs> I, I did schedule it, but it kept being like just absorbed in everything else. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've been kind of talking a little bit about coaching here and the unconventional organization is all online. Yes. So uh, how, how do people respond to having like online coaching? Cause I know there's some people that really want to do stuff in person, but it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I think we do have a few people who's, who've asked, you know, can you do it in person? But most people like it online because then you really only have to turn on your camera. That's kind of the only requirement in terms of a transition. Um, turn on your camera, have a conversation with us. And so sometimes people will be in a really, you know, feeling like they're just having a really hard executive functioning week and will, you know, miss, will just turn up and be like, I don't know what I'm even talking about today. <laughs> like, but the level of, you know, of transition is you just have to do that. And we can, you know, remind you and send you Zoom links and all of that kinds of thing um, versus having to come to an office or, or see you in person. Um, we've also been able to go with people on their journeys. People will move to different cities or different countries um, and we can adjust and we can be able to be there with you, which can be quite nice because that's a huge transition. So leaving, having to, you know, stop coaching as well can be even more difficult. Yeah. And as we were talking about earlier, gives flexibility. Yes. Yeah. It's key. It's like, why well, we want the structure, but this is structure with flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And also one of the things we do is we have coaches from around the world. So we can meet you at 9 p.m. or 6 a.m. You know, if you want to, because in other people's time zones, that's actually their middle of the day. Um, so we can kind of incorporate that into the online method as well of coaching. Yeah. It seems like a great method. Cause I know I, there's so many things that can go wrong trying to go meet someone or like <laughs> yes, <laughs> getting out of the house is never as easy as I hope it was going to be. No, no. I mean, the, sometimes the first thing we're working with, with people is like creating a system for helping people get out of the house and get to work on time. So to have to then make us a thing that they're doing that for is just an additional level of work. I, I love the idea behind it. Cause I'm like, that would work way better for me. Yeah. Yeah. And we can help you do things. Some people, especially, you know, with COVID, some people also didn't want to go outside. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the things we do is we help establish routines to actually leave the house and feel confident doing that. Um, so, you know, we can just be there wherever it is you're most comfortable being. Yeah. So one thing I know that would always come up in my mind when I think about coaching kind of things is what does a coach actually help with? Like, I know we've talked about planning a little bit already, but mm -hmm. What are the kind of things that people come to you for? Because some people are like, hey, maybe I'd like to do coaching, but I don't have a specific problem that I can think of. 
Yeah, no, that's a really great question. I love answering this question because so many times, you know, like therapy people are like, but what is it? It's this like mystery box. You just turn up and find out. Um, So what we do actually is we'll go through with you during um, the initial consult, um, an executive functioning survey. Um, So it's not a diagnostic or anything, but it just helps us and you to understand the areas where you've developed skills already because you're an adult with ADHD, you know, you've developed your processes and then the areas where you have some gaps um, in say, you know, like we said, making decisions, getting up in the morning, um, taking medication consistently, you know, as well as the routines and time to management and workplace organization. And then from there you develop with the coach sort of um, five or six long-term goals that you want to work through in coaching. And you might include something else as well that you specifically want to work on. And from there, what we do is we go through with you um, and we kind of help you first understand some of the research behind your struggles because it's a big focus of what we do specifically. So helping you understand, okay, you are struggling with this because time blindness is an issue for you in this area. This is how it's working because sometimes it can feel like things are just coming at you and you don't even know why. So that's kind of the first thing that we do. And then from there, we talk about, okay, this is what tends to work for people with ADHD in this area. What will work for you specifically? And your coach will work with you to kind of get a very nitty gritty understanding of, okay, this is, I'm trying to do a morning routine, but I have kids. I have, we have to get work extra early and these are all my issues. So how can we adapt the need for movement and dopamine and the fact that I want to stay in bed for the first 30 minutes into a system that might work? And then we move into a phase of testing and setting things up, making sure they're flexible, making sure you come back the next week and you say, this worked really well, this didn't work at all. We can adjust things until everything fits you perfectly. And that's the process that we go through. Awesome. Love the testing idea. Um, And the other thing I'm thinking about is just like, uh, do you have anything for like helping create like maintenance for the, those systems? Because what worked the first two months, you know, maybe doesn't work the third month. Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of um, do, we do weekly coaching and then we do fortnightly coaching. Um, and so what we do often is people will come and they'll start on weekly and they'll sort of build these systems and then they'll switch to fortnightly and kind of set them up and, and keep going. And then, um, you know, once they feel confident the system is being maintained, they might leave, but then they can always, you know, just mention that they want to work with us again and come back and the coach will have the notes, they'll have the notes and we can just kind of adjust. And like you said, doing that maintenance, we have people often come back because they've changed jobs, for example, and now they just want to check that their systems can work in this new job. Mm-hmm. And, and I also find like, um, some idea I was playing with recently is just how to adjust my planning and systems for like seasonality because summer's coming up. um, My kids are going to be out of school and that's going to be a very different system for me than when they've been in school. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. And sometimes people will, will be looking ahead as well when they're developing some of those goals to say, okay, not yet, but in a couple of months, I want to start talking about developing the system and how to adjust it because yeah, the, the school holidays make a big difference. Yeah. And I'm like, these are things I just have to look at now. Cause I, when I don't think about them, then they hit me and I'm like, how did I not see this thing coming? That was on my <laughs> schedule for months. <laughs> Yeah, that's the scariest part. I'm sure we all had that experience as an ADHD person where like there was an event that happened and it went past and you didn't find out about it until later. That can be very 
unsettling and uh, definitely something that we try and help with. Yeah. With too many, too many times where I'm like, Oh, that was last week. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's all about kind of just going, yep, that happened. That's totally okay. How can we help it help you with that in the future? You know, um, we're very, understanding like everybody who works with us has been through this experience that's why they're so passionate about learning these systems and helping other people mm-hmm. and uh, did you say that uh, all the coaches also have adhd or just have experience with adhd no they all also have adhd yeah i think that's very comforting for people because it's hard to explain executive dysfunction to people yeah. that don't have it yeah. And also it's your time, you know, we don't want to be explaining it. We want to be moving into how we can help you and strategies. And, you know, often when you talk fast and they talk fast and everyone's just going, developing systems. Um, sometimes I'll, we've had clients say like, I'm sorry, this is, I know this is a lot and I'm just throwing it at you. And it's like, no, this is fine. This is great. Like just tell me everything and we'll start to organize it. That's what we like to do. Yeah. I think that's a great way to do it because you, when you start going, then you're like, okay, and then this and this, and then you can really hit what the actual issues are rather than what you yeah. think the issue is. Cause yeah, exactly. When I'm thinking about things, I'm like, this is the issue. And then I talk to someone about it and they're like, why would you think that's the issue? It's this other thing over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we can do that. We can get straight into it, which is great. Awesome. Uh, well, I don't really have any more questions here, but do you have anything that you'd like to leave the audience with and maybe some places they can find more about uh, unconventional organization? Yeah, no, you can go to um, our website, unconventionalorganization.com, um, and you can spell it with a Z or an S, depending on where you are, and you'll still get to the same place. You can also find us on social media at Unconventional Organization, and we have a lot of um, strategy articles. So you can, you know, you can check out the coaches. There's 20-minute um, consultations if you want to try that. But you can also just check out the articles. We've got um, the different steps for different issues like waiting mode, workplace accommodations, everything's there and um, it's all researched and, and just, yeah, hopefully, hopefully very helpful um, because we wanted to make something that you could just really get started with straight away. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll be sure to include all those links in the show notes for anybody listening and yeah, be sure to check out the articles there. They look really good and I'm sure anybody that's looking for a few more tips would get a lot out of those. Awesome. Um, Thank you again for coming on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, no problem. I love talking about strategies, so happy to come. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. And if you enjoyed this conversation today, I'd like to encourage you to go check out Unconventional Organization at their website, unconventionalorganization.com, or on their social channels on Facebook and Instagram, both at Unconventional Organization. Thanks again for listening. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd. And I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I bet you'd get a lot out of it too. 
or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. What's a pig's favorite karate move? The pork chop. <laughs> <laughs>